welcome back to another episode of Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. As we always say, please know that this will be the one place where you can always ask the tough questions about God, Messiah, and the spiritual issues of life. We might not always know the answer, but we will explore it together until we discover the truth. This is the first episode of Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries for 2019. And let's begin this new year with a juicy topic. Is there a war between science and religion? And should there even be one? This episode was developed after I read an article by Dr. Jerry Coyne, Professor Emeritus at the University of Chicago, who argues there should be a war between science and religion. And I will be responding to him but hopefully I will be taking this episode beyond Professor Coyne's view to something deeper and more meaningful, the question of science and faith. So let's begin. As many of you know, I have been a fan favorite of the Big Bang Theory since almost the very beginning. One of my favorite characters is Sheldon's mom a born-again evangelical Christian woman who always manages to show her genius son that a simple but deep faith might be even more intelligent than he imagines. For while only Raj, the Hindu, shows any evidence of, of a religious belief system, by the way, that even includes Howard, the Jewish character who admits to being a, an atheist or an agnostic, even though he had a really good bar mitzvah. All the rest of them appear to be atheist or agnostic at best. And so Raj is the Hindu. He went to temple in one episode. But the rest of them all operate in, in scientific fields which require a lot of speculation and hypothesis, or faith. In fact, Sheldon even admits in one episode that while he cannot see subatomic particles, he knows they are there. Wouldn't you call that faith? And that's similar to a verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that Professor Coyne, in, in his article, mocks Christians for holding. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the essence of things hoped for, the, the evidence of things not seen. Isn't that basically what Sheldon said in that article about, in that episode about subatomic sub particles? I would. So let's analyze Dr. Coyne's arguments for why he thinks there should be a war, and our response to him as to why there shouldn't be. First, the professor emeritus from the University of Chicago defines science, and, and listen closely because I'm quoting, and, and by the way, you can find a link to the article in our show notes. Science is, quote, the set of tools we use to find truth about the universe, with the understanding that these truths are provisional rather than absolute, close quote. 
He defines religion with the help of his atheistic evolutionary philosopher friend, Daniel Dennett, as social systems whose participants avow belief in a supernatural agent or agents whose approval is to be sought. I have problems with both definitions, big ones, but let's begin with Coyne's definition of science. Coyne creates a definition of science in in which truth is subjective and not absolute. Isn't that the opposite of what science is supposed to be? How can you trust something in which truth is provisional? That's, by the way, Coyne's own definition. How can you trust something that is changeable? How can you trust something that is not trustworthy? Is that science or a matter of faith? I would argue that Coyne's own definition has created a science that is, in essence, an atheistic religion. Let me hear back if you disagree. And additionally, and who in all honesty, intellectual honesty, would argue a a definition from an antagonistic perspective? And if he wanted to be intellectually honest about his definition of religion, he should have found a, a neutral perspective to define the term of religion or at least given us two definitions of religion, a neutral definition and antagonistic definition, and not just one that agrees with his, from an intellectual academic perspective. And while I have problems or issues with the definition I'm going to provide you from psychology today, at least it's somewhat neutral. It's academic and intellectually honest. Psychology today defines religion, just the neutral term religion, not Christianity, not faith, just religion itself, as organized religion has inarguably, I can't say that word very easily, been responsible for many of history's wars, atrocities, and injustices, but it's not all bad. That's the problem I have with the definition. But religion can help us make sense of our confusing world, provide motivation, encourage altruism, and bind communities together. In fact, though the causal link is currently unclear, some evidence suggests that religious people may be physically and mentally healthier than non-believers. Close quote. And if Professor Coyne is honest with us all, his issue is with faith, and specifically about Christian faith, than any other quote-unquote religion. But we will get to that issue later, and that is when I will offer you my definition, and I'll admit it, it's my biased definition of faith and religion. My second issue with the article is Dr. Coyne attempts to make the argument that 64% of our quote-unquote elite, and I'm sure he would include himself as elite, scientists are atheist or agnostics. However, 
A 2009 Pew Research Center survey disagrees with him, and I have a link to this survey in the show notes as well. According to Pew, which is as neutral as they come, 51% of scientists surveyed believe in either God, which is 33%, or a universal spirit or a higher power at 18%. And this same survey revealed that 20% labeled themselves as nothing. It's not that they're atheists or agnostics. They're just nothing. 17% labeled themselves as atheist. 11% labeled themselves as agnostics. Nowhere close to Dr. Coyne's number. But here's the interesting number. The number of scientists who believed in God increased as you examined and broke it down and got deeper into the survey as the scientists were younger. So the younger the scientists the more the scientists believed in God. What does this all mean? I don't know. I'm not sure. But it is revealing and raises a lot of questions that needs to be asked by the Dr. Coins of the world and not just be dismissed. Third, and and I need to be honest with you as well, there are many brilliant and well-known scientists who are and were atheists. I'm just going to list some of the famous ones, the ones we all know. Richard Feynman, Stephen Hawking, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Marie Curie, Carl Sagan. And we could consider as to why they had no faith in God. And I did in a recent podcast kind of analyze Stephen Hawking. But this is not the place or the podcast for that. However, there are other modern I'm emphasizing the word modern scientist whose faith in God is equally strong. John Polkinghorn, Lise Meitner, Stanley Yockey, Mike Holm, and the current director of the National Institute of Health, Francis Collins. And Francis Collins was appointed by President Obama. And Francis Collins was also the former director of the Human Genome Project. So no dummy. And Francis Collins once said, the God of the Bible is also the God of the genome. God can be found in the cathedral or in the laboratory. I've provided in the the show notes a long list of religious scientists of the 21st century as well. I, I hope you'll check it out. So what is the answer to Professor Coyne and and others who are so antagonistic to religion and specifically to the Christian faith? I believe ultimately it is fear, and it goes back to, believe it or not, Sheldon's mom. She is not, quote-unquote, as smart as Sheldon on the IQ level, but there is a basic emotional, spiritual intelligence that outshines those nerdy scientists every time she appears on the series. Her faith in God is not based on fear, but on love, especially for her son. And that is my definition of faith and religion as well. My faith in God is based on a relationship with him And that is my religion. 
I have a relationship with Jesus based on his love for me that was and is grounded on in the fact that he lived, died, and arose from the dead for me. I admit that's based on faith, but so is science. Because you cannot see subatomic particles. You cannot prove the Big Bang Theory. Because even the scientists at CERN in, in Switzerland will admit you cannot reproduce the Big Bang Theory. My faith, which is a, scares many scientists, because I'm pretty smart. I'm not as smart as Francis Collins, but I have a certain intelligence level. I have two masters and a PhD, but that's beside the point. My faith is not built on subatomic particles, but on something bigger and greater than that. So is Francis Collins. There is no war between science and religion, and there shouldn't be. Science and religion are compatible, and that is found in, of all places, Scripture. For did you notice that I did, have not brought up Kepler, Galileo, Bacon, Newton? And I could have because they all had great faith. I have only mentioned modern scientists who are believers in God. And I did that on purpose because I didn't want to be accused of only bringing up past scientists. But I want to close with one interesting verse that is in the Hebrew scriptures. Zechariah 12.1. And the word burden that I'm going to quote is, is the Hebrew word for oracle. Zechariah is about to give a prophecy. Okay? The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel says the Lord, which stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. So basically, Zechariah is saying, got this from God, who stretches forth the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. Now, before you assume what I'm going to say about this verse, hear me out. Because one of the arguments I often hear negative about those who believe in a creationist view, which I do, is that we have a static view of the universe. And, and if one looks at this verse and, and holds to it literally, which I do as a creationist, and my dating of, of the creation of the universe is, is different than some, but is similar to others. And if you want to ask me what it is, email me and I'll tell you. But if you look at this verse, and, and, and I do hold to it literally, and if you look at it, and, if, and I understand what it means in Hebrew, and I'm going to explain it to you. I see that the universe is ever-expanding. Did that surprise you? Because if you look at the word stretches in Hebrew, it's, it's in the form of a calactive participle. Now, what does that mean? 
it's a participle and it's active, so that means it's ongoing. And at Cal and active and participle means that the idea of stretching is it's still happening. So when it says that the Lord is stretching forth the heavens, that the heavens are still stretching. What does that mean? It means that one can believe in science and hold to the vitality and literalness of the scripture at, at the same time. One can believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and believe that the universe is still expanding. One can believe in science and creation. There is no war and neither should there be. So why is Professor Coyne wanting to foment one? I believe because he is afraid of the truth of God. The truth of what science will reveal about God and what God will reveal about science. And what he will have to face beyond life. But you don't have to join Dr. Coyne in this struggle. Jesus is waiting for you. You can have both science and faith, religion and truth, God and intelligence. It's not either or, it's both and. What's your answer? What's your opinion? If you have one, you want to share it with us, email us at info at and the link is in the show notes. And we'll talk about it. And we'll answer any questions you have. Because that's what we're here for, to explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. And we've reached the end of another episode. But if you have any suggestions for future episodes of Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries, contact us at info at zadakaministries.org. Because I want you to know that this will be the one place where you can always ask the tough questions about God, Messiah, and the spiritual issues of life. We might not always know the answer, but we will explore it together until we discover the truth. Happy 2019 and Shalom.